Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's Raw Review for November 14th, 2000, and, oh, excuse me, November 13th, 2017. Uh, and we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And don't forget to go give some love over to FullMania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com, who are also great supporters of ours. Hey, and once again, like always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling to the Max because once you do, you not only get this program, but you get all, all the other great review shows plus all right, other episodes of Wrestling to the Max. Hey, and if you also like all the other things on W2M.com, the W2M Network is there, and also subscribe, rate, and review there too because that gives you not only us, but it gives you a other great shows like Wrestling Unwrapped, the Running Wild podcast, even to MMA. You know, you can go check out the uh, MMA podcast over there. You don't want to miss out on that. There's lots of great shows that you can check out. So make sure you go hit that subscribe button. I am your host tonight, Mr. Gary Vaughn. And along with me is not Paul Leeser. He has the night off. So we are going to, you know, move on and find someone else. And the one guy that we found is not only one of the most faithful, but one of the coolest guys I know, Mr. Harry Broadhurst. What's going on, man? Uh, liar, liar, pants on fire, but I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> you're one of the coolest guys I know. I always hear a fan going on in the background, so I figure you're pretty chill. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to get that wow. in. Wow, <laughs> I I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I am, dude. I am just so happy to have you here. I, you know, I always have a fun time doing a podcast with you. And you know, if you're, you know, anyone listening, maybe this is the first time you're listening. Uh, Harry does the SmackDown Live and 205 Live shows every week for us with uh, Liz Pagosi. So appreciate you, Harry, for you know stepping in and doing those shows and. uh you know, we're, we just have fun together, though. So that's why I'm excited about having you here on Raw. Lots of cool stuff to talk about. But there's one special thing you want to do tonight, Harry. And, and I'm going to let you do it. There's a tr- tribute we want to give out. Sir, take the take take the reins here. All right. I did the same thing on tonight's episode of The Reaction, and I'm going to do it here as well. Uh, this particular episode of the Wrestling to the Max Raw review is dedicated in memory of the late, great Eduardo Gori Lanes Guerrero. Um, for those of you who are unaware or newer fans here, Eddie was one of those guys who 
you couldn't help but smile when you watched him. He was somebody that never took the world of professional wrestling too seriously, always had a smile on his face while he was performing, and you could just tell that everything that he did, there was a genuine passion behind it there. There was a sign on the episode of Raw the night after, because when he passed in 2005, both the Raw and the SmackDown that followed were dedicated to his memory. And there was a sign, and I talked about this on Wrestling Unwrapped on Sunday night as well, in the crowd at that episode of Raw, it was this huge picture of Eddie, and the sign simply said, you lied, you cheated, you stole our hearts. And I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. Rest in peace, Eddie. We miss you. Uh, definitely. And, you know, there's been many, many men in the world of wrestling that have passed on, and even some of the ladies that have just passed way too early in life. And Eddie, I think, is one of those guys you can definitely say was loved by the masses. It wasn't a, just a section of wrestling fans. Almost every wrestling fan out there that you could find had an affinity for Eddie Guerrero. Missed him terribly when he did go. And, you know, like, like you did say, Harry, rest in peace, Eddie, and we still love you, man. All right, guys. Well, we are going to talk some Monday Night Raw. And uh, this is a, you know, the go home show for Survivor Series. That's a, a kind of a big deal because there's lots of stuff going on and lots of different matches to kind of get us ready for for that big show. So that's really what this whole Raw was about and getting us prepared for some of these big matchups. And one of the uh, biggest matchups that, you know, we're going to talk about tonight is, of course, the. Main Survivor Series teams, the Raw brand and Blue brand uh, over there on SmackDown. We're going to start this show off by talking about the first segment here where Stephanie McMahon comes down to the ring and she wants to bring out Kurt Angle and have a little discussion with him. Uh, And they get together here and she basically starts to talk to Kurt and say, hey, I got a few questions for you. You know, I noticed the New Day got in on Monday Night Raw last week. How did they get in here? Kurt, of course, has no idea how they were able to get into the building. Uh, But that still didn't stop her from questioning other things, like Jason Jordan. Why is he on the Survivor Series team? That, you know, seems like you're playing a little favoritism there, Kurt. Uh, So she questions that, of course, and I think a lot of other fans in wrestling question that, too. And, uh, you know, she also brings up John Cena, which is a great question because we kind of had this discussion, I think all of us have, last week about why John Cena hopped over brands. And she's kind of curious why he was on Raw last, and now he's on SmackDown. Was it because Kurt Angle is embarrassing him, and so he took off? Or is it because John Cena was not in the question uh, because, really, it's just about Kurt wanting his son to be a part of the Survivor Series team? So she asked all these questions. This leads up to Angle saying, look, I will be the first guy in the ring in the Survivor Series match. If your brother, Shane McMahon, has the balls to get in the ring with me, uh, we'll start the thing off, and uh, I'm going to break his ankle. (laughs) So, of course, Stephanie does her normal stuff, you know, kind of still demeaning Kurt. And as she does, and seems like she's about to fire Kurt as the GM for Raw, out comes the shield. And you got Dean Ambrose giving support to Kurt, says we love this guy, you know, he's definitely one of ours. Stephanie, of course, makes fun of Kurt makes fun of the shield for losing their tag titles last week on raw when the new day came in. And she also questions, you know, a few other things like Roman reigns. Where the hell have you been Roman? And uh, Roman asked her the same question and fires back with a few barbs of his own, like talking about the WrestleMania match where triple H knocked off Stephanie into a table and took her out for six months. So this all kind of boils down to 
The Shield wants the New Day, and they want to face them in Survivor Series, in which later on we will find that will take place. But this whole segment had a lot of stuff going on. I kind of really ran through the bullet points here, but there was so much going on here, Harry. And I think there was some interesting things that I kind of want to dive in with you on this. So first of all, Stephanie McMahon. This is somebody that I think a lot of times we kind of have those questions of, oh, she's here again, and she's just cutting some guy's balls off, that kind of thing. How do you feel like she did tonight? I feel like she attempted to cut Kurt's balls off. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, and this is verbatim the conversation that Tony and I just had on the reaction, Stephanie McMahon complaining about nepotism should never, ever, ever happen. She is the walking definition of the word. Oh, boy. You're not lying here. That being said, based on what happened here and then what happens a little bit later on the show, it makes sense why Stephanie's being so condescending towards Kurt. And you can kind of see the writing on the wall for where they're going to bigger stages beyond the Survivor Series with it. At the same time, I don't know that I entirely care at this particular moment. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I look at the same situation here, and there's a lot of things that we're going to be putting off into that future. I I think really what we're doing here is just having Stephanie come out and ask some of the questions I think some of the fans have had, right? And I, I, yeah, sure, she does her normal thing about, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to dominate the room. I don't care how many men are in the ring. I get to be the dominant one here. But nah! I do appreciate the fact. <laughs> what do you mean, nah? <laughs> I mean, nah. Cheer for me, nah. That's what I mean. Oh boy. Uh, but you know, it, nonetheless, here we are, and you've got actually Roman Reigns in the ring, able to fire back at her, which usually doesn't happen. And uh, the, she was. Go ahead. Just. Just real quick there, you mentioned Roman firing back there. The best part of Roman firing back there is Seth acting sheepish in the background. Like, no, no, let's not go down that road again, please. No. <laughs> that Seth's, Seth's reaction to Roman, Roman's comment made me laugh probably louder than it should have. Huh. Yeah. You're, you know, I, I guess I wasn't paying that close attention to Seth, but hey, I, if he was, I understand why he was being sheepish. You know, but I mean, Roman's going to be like the only guy that's going to have that opportunity to kind of fire back at Stephanie, and she's not going to be able to completely destroy him because, well, that goes against what they want to do with Roman, right? He, he, even in fact, you know, Stephanie, even you know, during the Shield's entrance and all that stuff, you know, you have her saying to the crowd, "Well, which one is it? You either cheer him or you boo him?" You know, kind of questioning the crowd because you could probably tell lots of Roman Reigns haters were still there, um, but. You know, that's what it is. But I think overall, this whole opening segment was not bad. I, I kind of appreciated the things they put in place here. They addressed multiple things in one bow. It took a little time to do, but they did address a lot of stuff here, Harry. So I, I, I think it works, and it sets up for what we're going to get later, right? I mean, do you disagree? Do you, do you think it was kind of too long? What did you think about it overall? 
Well, I'll admit that I watched um, I watched this segment on a little bit of a delay because I watched Raw tonight over at a friend of mine's house, and we were in the process of traveling as Raw started, so we watched off the DVR. We were able to skip over some of the slower moments in the segment, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there I just I feel like a lot of Stephanie's segments drag, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm just so over her as a character in general. I yeah, uh, I mean I, I don't blame you on that. I really don't. I mean, usually it's a situation where we never get a payoff for Stephanie. I think WrestleMania is the only time you're going to get a payoff. Or, yeah, you get one payoff a year for her acting like a total biatch the other 364. Pass. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I do not blame you on that sentiment. But, I mean, this is probably one of the most tolerable segments I've seen with Stephanie in a while. So I am not going to hate on it too much. Not Uh, if your name is. Not if your name is Kurt Angle, it wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah, but Angle's gonna. Angle's been having a tough man. He he's had a hard time. We'll, we'll talk more about Kurt Angle's tough time uh, recently, uh, but we'll we'll cover that later because there's some other things that's going to give him some problems. Well, let's jump over to something uh, that's very similar in in this vein, um, and, and let's talk about that guy, Jason Jordan. Uh, that is Kurt's son, and you know, since we're talking about Kurt's plight well, let's talk about the fact that we have this kid and you know of course you know we have him in a match against bray wyatt that was set up by kurt and that was really just to kind of give him a test you know to say hey are you really ready to be on this team well you have jason jordan in the match which it's a decent match i nothing for myself looking at it uh to write home about but jason jordan is able to roll up bray wyatt and win the match big surprise bray wyatt losing ha huh. Uh, and, and here we are. But the thing about this is it's not really about the win-loss. It's about really the fact that after the match, Bray Wyatt you know, continues to bang up on the knee that was injured during the match. And that gave Jason Jordan a lot of fits. It causes him to go backstage, and Kurt Angle has to question him and really start to kind of make that decision on, can he be 100%? Probably not for Survivor Series. So... That you know will bring us on to some other things before I get into that though. I got to ask you about the Bray Wyatt match with Jason Jordan and what you thought about the way that worked out. Uh, I think it's fantastic that Bray comes back from being off television for a month and nobody cares. Tells you where they are creatively with Bray Wyatt at this particular point and how. And I can't believe I'm about to utter these words. He was better off on SmackDown with bugs in the ring against Randy Orton. Oh. Yeah, oh. that that tells you all you need to know about how he's been booked on Raw. On the plus side, at least he's not cross-dressing anymore, so he's got that going for him. Yeah, he's got that going for him, but I'll just say that, you know, the cross-dressing thing doesn't just completely throw me off for a loop. I mean, I would rather him do something that gets a re- reaction out of people rather than something that just kind of puts us to sleep, kind of like this. Oh, you so. mean sacrifice? You mean sacrificing Bray Wyatt in order to try to get Jason Jordan over? Even though once the match is over and Bray Wyatt has laid out Jason Jordan post match, the crowd chants "Thank you, Wyatt," and sings the "Na Na Hey Hey" song. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah, some ba- that's that's some baby face you got there, Vince. Yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing, and that, that's another part of this. I mean, it, it, Jason Jordan is a great ass. 
athlete. I don't want to take anything away from him, but he doesn't exactly excite anyone. No one wants to grab on to that whole idea of, hey, he's the future. He's one of those guys that we're going to be talking about, him and Roman Reigns in the future. No, it's not, not going to be that just yet. you got to let this guy build. we got to see some proof. Right now it's too early, but I, I just don't. Oh, I just don't buy into it. And Bray Wyatt, they've already destroyed him so much that he even kind of puts me to sleep. So this was nothing to me. It was just a match. I think everything that followed this was way more entertaining. So, uh, but I mean, I, I think having Jason Jordan injured here and the things that we're going to talk about with him, it, it's going to bring up some more bigger implications. But I, I'm right there with you, Harry. Bray Wyatt, I, I don't even know. If, I, I hate to say this, but I don't even know if there's a future. <laughs> I just don't. I, I, what are they going to do? Well, right? the good I mean, news is, is uh, the good news is, is Bray is still on the the south side of thirty. So I mean, it's not like he doesn't still have a lot of time left in his career. I mean, there's potential for them to finally get reinvested in the Wyatt character, for them to finally take the time and opportunity like they did on SmackDown towards the end of last year into the start of this year when he won the heavyweight title on SmackDown in the Elimination Chamber match. God, that was only nine months ago. That's sad. Oh, man. It just it, it boggles and my mind. T- take the time to reinvest in the Wyatt character because you can clear his day, see that there is a following for the Bray Wyatt character. They just have no idea how to book him. He was supposed to be this generation's version of the undertaker. Yeah. Well, if they'd have booked taker like this back in 1991, 1990, 1991, he wouldn't have lasted until 1994 either. Agreed. You know, that that's, that's my whole thing about this is if they continue down this path, I mean, we're, we're going to be seeing Bray Wyatt, um, in a new vein, in a new name, in a promotion that could be, you know, in definitely a, not WB. <laughs> with a new name, in a new vein, in a new Japan. Hey, <laughs> if that happens, I'm okay. I'd love to see him face off against I'm not, some uh, talented guys. I'm um, not. I'm not subscribing to New Japan World. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not, you know. Yeah, you, I get it. I mean, I just, uh, uh, I just, I just, it bothers me. I, I, I better get off the subject because I'm going to be depressed before we even move so, on. So, do you want to talk about the sniffling and sniveling that was Jason Jordan backstage after this contest? Oh, I sure do. Let's jump into that. So, you do have Jason Jordan, like I said, go backstage. He's got ice on the knee. Kurt's talking to him, questioning. You know, I, I just this is not going to work and no, oh, I can do it. You know, look, I, I, you did it hurt dad. You did all this stuff. Trust me. I can do it. I've got this. And, Oh boy, boy that, that was just annoying. And you know, I'll, I'm going to skip ahead to this next thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I deserve it. Dad. Oh. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on here. I'm going to get the self sensor ready for this. Just give me one second. I'm going to get the self-censor ready for this here. I deserve it, Dad. Uh, Jason, shut the f- up. <laughs> He's pulling on those heartstrings. Come on. You're supposed to buy into this, Harry. He's pulling on those heartstrings so tightly on Kurt. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get sued for copyright infringement, so I'm going to stop that. But my point has been made. Very well 
So, so let's let's talk more about this crying fit that he has. You, you have later in the show, you have Kurt Angle come out, and he wants to address that fifth member of the Men's SmackDown team for Raw. Raw. And he's, yeah, for <laughs> Raw. That's right. I didn't say SmackDown, right? Because I mean, yeah, but he he that fifth member for that Monday Night Raw team, and really you can kind of see he's not really thrilled about it, but he's got to talk about it and he addresses. Well, my son is injured, can't really you know be eighty percent and be still a part of this match, so I'm gonna have to name somebody new. And before he even really can do any more talking, guess what happened? Yes, right. You hear more whining and complaining because Jason Jordan comes out and says, look, you did it. It's all the same stuff we heard in that previous segment. Just, I can do it. You wrestled with a broken neck and blah, 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 blah. I just kind of tuned out after a while. Uh, but, you know, you do have that happen. And Stephanie even gets annoyed. I, this is I do like this part, Harry. Stephanie even comes out and says, Kurt, just do it. <laughs> just just announce the next person. And then she goes backstage and Kurt just can't seem to do it. He just looking at Jason Jordan, can't seem to do it. And, uh, triple H's music hits. He comes out to the ring and, uh, basically gets in Kurt's face and says, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm the fifth member of the raw team. And <laughs> I love the stare down turns around, goes over to Jason Jordan pedigree and, and, uh, leaves him laying in the middle of the ring. And there he goes, triple H and you got Kurt. Hurt, pretty, you know, weirded out on what to do uh, because his son's laying in the middle of the ring, but he can't really face the boss. So I, I, I think the crowd probably really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people at home probably really loved that pedigree because uh, that whining, sniffling stuff, I was done with it, Harry. Um, all right, I'm going to take this segment in a couple of different things here. Uh, the first part of which is Kurt Angle announcing that there would be a new fifth member of Team Raw. Um, frankly, with the star power on Team SmackDown, Jason Jordan looks horrendously out of place in this match to begin with. Yeah. I'm not saying that they can't get anywhere with Jason down the road here, but it is far too much too soon for a singles push for him. Not to mention fans are behind Jason Jordan, the wrestler. They don't care about Jason Jordan, the character, and that is a significant difference. I agree. Number two, the whining, crying, and sniveling Jason Jordan that we saw on this particular episode of Raw. Um, Chad Gable has been booked as a legitimate badass on SmackDown ever since the breakup of American Alpha. Going into uh, the t- going directly into the team with um, with Shelton Benjamin, the series of singles matches he had against Rusev before that, the way that he threw down the Usos' punk card this past week on SmackDown by taking out Jimmy Uso's knee on the floor with a chop block, similarly to what the Usos did to Gable back when American Alpha was still a thing. Gable is showing a newfound aggression and is one of the most entertaining things on SmackDown. Jason Jordan is whining and crying and complaining like his... See, I don't want to make that comment because I feel like I'm going to offend people if I do. Oh. Hey, controversy, you know, makes money. Bischoff told us that. He's whining, crying, and complaining like a Trump supporter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I get you. I think think it'd be on both sides, but yes. So, so you get the situation here where you have Jason Jordan coming out and, pardon the phraseology here, but basically looking like a bitch. 
Whereas you have Gable being booked as this utter badass over on SmackDown. And then you got Triple H coming out, and the crowd's obviously going to react to Triple H's music in the first place because it's Triple H. There's a there's a section of the fan base that uh, that that nostalgia appears to, appeals to every time the game by Motorhead hits. Rest in peace, Lemmy. At the same time, too, that's also that same that probably that same section of the fan base that is sick of jo- Jason Jordan's whining, sniveling, and complaining. That's going to cheer even louder when when Jason Jordan gets laid out with a pedigree. Not to mention, it also made it also made Kurt look like a punk for not standing up for his son. Air quotes on an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think Kurt, you know, is thinking to himself, "I really can't attack this guy. He is kind of my boss, kind of thing." Uh, with all due respect, if somebody beat up my kid, I don't care if I got fired. I'm beating their ass. I guess. I guess. Sorry. I, I, I see that point, but. It, it it took me out of this. It took me out of the situation there when Angle did nothing to defend the honor of his son. Yeah, uh, you did, it really. They do placate Kurt Angle as a glass house when he's not in the ring. Um, so it's uh, I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but I, I understand where you're coming from. But then again, I kind of look at it as I think Kurt Angle wants Jason Jordan to fight his own battles. And is not in the game to play him to fight him for him. So I I get that, but I think that this ends up coming back to bite team raw at Survivor Series. But I don't know if we're gonna do predictions here because I know you guys are planning on doing them on uh on the Thursday night episode of Wrestling to the Max anyway, available here on the W2M network and W2Mnet.com. Yeah, I mean you're more than welcome. I'll I'll hold off, but you're more than welcome to, to predict anything I'll you want. Just I'll just go ahead and take this opportunity to plug tonight's episode of the Raw Reaction on Yes Wrestling Radio for my predictions. Okay, there you go. They're right there. Uh, or, well, mm-hmm. or here on the W2M Network, I'll probably make my picks here on the network tomorrow night when I do the SmackDown and 205 Live. Ah, fair enough. See, I, I thought you and Liz were going to do that. So there you go. If you want to come find out what Harry and Liz have to say in their predictions, tune into that SmackDown Live, which is going to be a big deal. That show is going to be uh, pretty important because that's the last show until we actually get to Survivor Series. So we'll all be tuning in for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- what's going to be you know involved in all this? Once again, it's going to be post Survivor Series because Survivor Series is probably going to have. Some screwy things probably take place because of this. Who knows? We'll we'll find out then. But I think you were making a great point when you said that Jason Jordan doesn't have the star power. And they all know that. We know that. So replacing him only makes sense. And with Triple H, it works. I mean, he's a big star. He's a guy, you know, I don't think necessarily everybody wants to see, but he's a star. Yeah, you say that he may not be somebody that everybody wants to see, but look at this. Let's look at the nine men that, or the ten men that were in this match before tonight, shall we? Yeah. Randy Orton, Shane McMahon, who gets in on the basis of being a McMahon. It is what it is. John Cena, Shinsuke Nakamura, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode in the WWE. Same deal. Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe. And Jason freaking Jordan? Yeah, yeah. I get you. I understand. You know, you know what's kind of funny, though? You got to think about it, too. I, I know I don't want to 
take it for Jason Jordan. I'm not going to take it for Jason Jordan. Um, but I will say this. For a lot of the casuals out there who don't watch any other promotion but WWE, who has no idea who that guy is, Bobby Roode, it makes you wonder if they thought, oh, you know, it's, that's it's kind of the equal, even though we all know that's not true. But I'm just you know, saying that, if you're there, a casual, would you? There's some, there's some validity to that, especially if they're not watching NXT, because, I mean, the numbers have shown not everybody that subscribes to the network watches NXT on a consistent basis. So there's, I'm sure there's some validity to that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, I would say I would put Bobby Roode more on the level of somebody like a Samoa Joe in regards to how he's been booked on the main roster rather than Jason Jordan. I think, I mean, Kurt and Shane are kind of interchangeable. You can put Triple H at Cena's level there. You have Strowman at around the level of Shinsuke. Orton and Finn Balor, pretty much similar levels as well. Orton has more titles. Finn's more consistently entertaining. So if I were to pick, it would probably be rude for Jordan. So I could see where you're going with that. Yeah, but you know that's just a little thing to throw in there. But I, mean, I, me and you both agree. I mean, Triple H is definitely the better fit here. It just makes more sense. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. complain ever. Mm-hmm. And you've had Triple H in the ring over on the European tour, knocking out some of the ring rust as well. That should have probably been our first cue that something was up. Uh, yeah, that's that's very, very true. You know, him even getting involved in this India stuff with Ginger, I think that's going to be funny. So, um, but yeah. The, moder- uh, the modern day Maharaja is eating a pedigree. Yes, he will be. It'll be uh, time to play uh, the game uh, in India. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So yes, that pretty much sets up your Survivor Series team for survive, you know, for this whole thing going down at the uh, main event. Uh, so let's go on to some other things that happened to the show, Harry. Let's let's go um, and talk about. Go ahead. What, what's real quick, up? actually, you mentioned that that's the main event for Survivor Series. I don't think it will be. Okay. I think be. that I think that one of the segments that we're about to touch on right now shortly is going to be the main event for Survivor Series, especially given the star power in this particular match now. Well, I mean, we could talk about, you know, uh, the match. Uh, which one are you actually speaking of? Because we had the, I know I was about to talk about women's tag team situation we're having. Uh, uh, no, not the women's match. I was going to say, because I'm like, uh, Harry, uh, that's where I was no. going. Where are you going? Tell me if, what match you want to talk about. If if we're going to the main event of Survivor Series, to me, the standout marquee matchup for Survivor Series is unquestionably Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. You know what? I mean, you're this is not a match. Wrong on that. This is a match that has gone from literally this would be my bathroom break when it was Lesnar versus Mahal to holy crap. Yes, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, they set this up pretty well because, like always, they have Paul Heyman come down and sell it like a mofo. This guy comes down and, you know, just does his stick. He does a great <laughs> job, like always. And I love I love the, the moment when the crowd starts saying, she said yes, That's right, because you could see Paul. Yes. So I don't. You know, he even addresses it. I love it. I don't know what the better part of that guy's night would have been. 
getting his girlfriend to say yes to the marriage proposal or being personally insulted by Paul Heyman. Personally, I'm choosing the latter is the cooler experience. <laughs> people would pay oh. good money. People would pay good money to get personally insulted by Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah, you better bet. I mean, that's that's a. I mean, that should be a thing, honestly. I don't know why it's not already. I'm sure Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just go ahead, finish your thought there. I apologize. No, I was no, 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 you're fine. I was just gonna say, I, I'm sure Paul probably, you know, has considered it at times because that guy knows how to make money. Uh, but I mean, I think it'd be awesome to have that happen. You know, hey, pay a little bit and get demeaned by Paul Heyman. I mean, you could probably get engaged two, three, four times in your life. Getting insulted personally by Paul Heyman at a live wrestling event on national television, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> that's something I mean, money unless, can't buy. Unless you're that one really weird-looking dude that constantly goes to all the pay-per-views. Looking, <laughs> like, he looking like he should be a member of the uh, Taker's Creatures from the Dark or Creatures of the Night or whatever they used to be called back in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh my, my God, yeah. Oh, but I, I gotta love him. You're right. That guy in the crowd, he's got to be pretty happy tonight. You know, things worked out for him pretty well. Um, but you know, I think overall, you know, in this whole promo, I think things work pretty well for Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Kind of talking about AJ Styles, like always. You have Heyman promoting AJ uh, just as well as he did Brock. I mean, he really came out there and told them how great he was. The only thing. I will say is it wasn't a great selling point for me when you have Heyman saying, AJ, you've done a lot of things here. You've accomplished a lot of things. You beat John Cena, which I got to give him credit. That's a big deal. Uh, you beat Jinder Mahal, which I don't consider that a big deal. And you beat Shane McMahon. Uh, Shane's not a full-time wrestler. So one out of three, I guess ain't bad. Uh, but come on, Paul, you had better selling points than that. Meatloaf, it wasn't. <laughs> like, 2% of our listeners are going to get that joke, and I am perfectly okay with it. <laughs> um, no, that's something yeah. that Paul Heyman does so masterfully, though. He is just as good at building up the opponent of Brock Lesnar as he is at building up Brock Lesnar. With the only exception being the promo that Paul Heyman cut about Jinder Mahal a couple of weeks ago on Raw, where I was dying laughing as Heyman uh, how could you not Heyman literally said everything that every internet wrestling fan has said about gender for the better part of the last six months it was classic man it was really really classic I loved it every minute of it but uh, uh that's because it's Paul Heyman and he can do that kind of thing you know he, he can tear you down just like he can build you up so um I think that was pretty good. You know, I, I I don't really have a ton to say about this. I think he just did a good job. He's it's Paul Heyman for God's sakes, right? So yeah, there's nothing else uh, that needs to be said. It was it was a Paul Heyman promo to promote a Brock Lesnar match. You got exactly what you expected out of this. Yeah. So there you go. But I mean, I, I'm right there with you here, Harry. This probably could be the main event. I mean, it, it would not bother me if it was. I, the only reason I kind of said the Survivor's Team thing because there could be some implications on one of the brands that means some major ripples in that brand. But who knows? I mean, I'm okay with AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar being the main event because, like you said, star power. And, boy, that's the thing that people 
be tuned into uh, into the whole pay per view for really because they want to see that match. It's it's a dream match. All right, let me ask you this here. I tried to get an answer out of Tony, and I didn't get one. I have the over under on this match at about eight minutes. Hmm. I will go. Five, I'm going to say it's probably going to be like five and a half minutes. I think. I mean, it's it just Brock. This doesn't go long, and not only that, AJ's going to go fast, fast, fast. I think he's going to hit a brick wall probably. My. Mike, I'm calling this for the finish now. I think Lesnar wins, and I'm calling this for the finish. AJ goes for the phenomenal forum and gets caught right into an F5. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong because, like I said, that brick wall is probably going to be just that. I think it's going to be something where we all think, man, look at this. AJ's really giving Brock Lesnar the time of his life because he's seeming – he just can't keep up with this guy and you've got so much offense coming from AJ and the next thing you know it's boom he's done and you just out of nowhere so oh so you basically mean the Samoa Joe match from Great Balls of Fire there you go yeah. yep that's exactly the same match Except that is the that only pretty good match the only thing that worries me is the fact that we're going to get another one of those disappointing Lesnar six minute sprints I really hope they give these guys some time because I feel like if there's anybody that can work to Brock's strengths in an extended match on this roster right now, it would probably be AJ. Yes. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, one of the, probably the most talented guy that they have right now. The guy that, you know, really gets people excited and not only that, can do so many things that I think a lot of other people just want to be able to do. So I I think you're right. That'd be a lot of fun to, to kind of see this guy take it to the distance, but I just don't see it happening. I think, yeah, probably like the Samoa Joe match. It's going to be a little bit of time and then done. So uh, let's talk about another match here that, you know, I don't know how interested you are in it, Harry, but I mean, it's going to happen. Uh, where are we talking about the women's survivor series uh, teams and for raw, they needed to fill out their fifth member tonight. So they had a, you know, chance to find out who that was by having a match between Dana Brooke uh, Bailey and we had Mickey James involved in this match and this is you know an okay match Dana Brooke was definitely the third wheel you could tell obviously uh, but you know does somebody want to explain to me why Mickey James is eating a fall in the match that Dana Brooke is involved in <laughs> yeah I know right that's, that's I mean, a great I'm- point I didn't even think about that I'm not even, like, kidding when I say that either. Mickey's just coming off of a pair of very well-contested matches for the Raw Women's title. Dana Brooke hasn't been seen on television but once in, like, the last three months. Now, granted, there were extenuating circumstances, and my sympathies to Miss Brooke for said circumstances. It's never easy to lose a loved one. That being said, when you look at them as in-ring performers, Dana Brooke, Mickey James kind of seems unbalanced to me and dana's going to be oscar's first feud now that the hot ass one evil emma has been written out of the show dana dana (laughs) dana (laughs) hey look it could be the other brooke brooke hogan so just be thankful you got this one right Um, uh it, it could it could also be brooke tessmacher Oh man, you just turned the tables on me, Harry. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. I but, hear she's uh, a free yeah. agent, so oh, just and, saying. 
Doesn't she look? Isn't she from Houston? Dun dun dun! I'm just throwing start, it out there. S- start the rumors now. She's showing up at NXT on Saturday. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Harry, if you call that man, it's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, I would, I wouldn't say no to her coming back to the WWE. I actually enjoyed her running TNA, GFW, yeah. Imp, Impact. Global Force, whatever the name is this week. Yeah, it's it's like playing, uh, you know, roulette. Whatever they decide, they'll spin the wheel. We'll find out. Uh, but you know, it's the wheel of company names coming it's soon real, yeah. to Glo- coming soon to Global Force Gold. <laughs> Again, reference that like three percent of our listeners are going to get, but worth it anyway. So let's move on. Let's move on. Fun. Okay, so you know you're right. Mickey Mickey James did take the fall here. Uh, Bailey did. <laughs> Bailey did win the match, uh, which is it's kind of a surprise uh, uh, because you know Bailey gets to win about half the time, if not less. Uh, but yeah, she did win this match, so she joins her uh, BFF Sasha and this whole uh, Survivor Series team for the women's team. And, you know, the one thing that we'll say is that, uh, you know, you got to be happy that Mickey James got lots of offense. You got to be happy that Oscar got to kick Dana Brooks face in. Uh, that was pretty fun to watch, uh, as Paul would say, and killed her. Uh, and, and then now you have saw. Uh, go ahead. Oscar murder count on the evening. One. One. Yep. 187 right there. Uh, but no, Bailey uh, getting the victory. What do you think about this? I mean, it. it could be say well I'll say this it, it would, could be expected but there was also a lot of thought that maybe Mickey James gets put in that match. You know what I'd actually been okay with Mickey being involved in this match here and I feel like there's more rehabilitation needed for the Bailey character than just throwing her in a to- and than just throwing her into this toss away 5 on 5 women's match at Survivor Series. I feel like Mickey has been a much more relevant part of the Raw roster over the course of the last couple of months and rewarding her hard work and the fact that her and Alexa actually had a really good match at TLC. The match on Raw was not quite as good in my opinion, but they had a really good match on TLC and she made Alexa look like Alexa was competent, which was the first time that's happened in a while. And it's nothing to do with the character work for Alexa because the character work for Alexa is top notch but the in-ring product for alexa is still developing and mickey helped her have in my opinion alexa's best match in the wwe run yeah yeah definitely you know and you just gotta look at how valuable that really to be honest with you mickey james is and a lot of people may not see that but she really really is valuable and she's been just pushing along some of these ladies that really have not had the experience or maybe just are not there yet and so I, I'm right there with you. I think that she does a lot of good. And if she would have been involved in this Survivor Series match, I honestly would find it to be okay. I think it'd be exciting to see her. But I get the Bailey thing. I get why Bailey's in it because her and Sasha Banks are BFFs, and of course joining forces with you know these other three that you know Alicia Fox, which you know that's not exactly the strongest link to this whole thing. And you know you have someone that they've been battling with forever. You know, and uh, involved in this match. So it's it's going to be, you know, interesting to see how that all shakes out. But right I, now, you've got a mismatch. Uh, yeah, I just love how they all go from, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Let's go Team Red. Woo! <laughs> well, it's really? true. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of 
funny, but you see the, the SmackDown Live women's team, and you're thinking they may not be all be best friends, but I think that they got a little more continuity than this Raw team. And they all bonded over the beatdown of James Ellsworth this past third Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if and and if you can't bond over beating a chinless leprechaun, what can you bond over? <laughs> That's true. That poor James Ellsworth man, feel bad, but you know, hey, he kind of had it coming. So, um, the, you know, that dude is huh? uh, okay. To be fair, that dude is making more money this year than you and I combined. Oh, I, I, I you know, so, in, in the real world, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, can't, uh, can't, I, can't, can't knock the dude's hustle. No, hey, dude, get it while you can is what I say, and he's doing that right. So. Legit. No. I, I, I'm just happy. I'm happy. The guy has worked hard, and, and you know he's there right now. At this moment, <laughs> who knows in a year? Um, let's talk about someone else that you know is kind of controversial. That is Enzo Amore, and he is here on this edition of Monday Night Raw with Drew Gulak, and they come out and do the shtick, like always. And I don't need to get into it. It's just the shtick. Uh, but they end up having a match with Kalisto and Tazawa. And, well, big shocker, things go screwy a little bit. A decent match, but, you know, Kalisto and Tozawa, as much as they look good in this match, all it takes is a little screwing around, and they are done for the night because you have Eat the Feet take place, and Enzo wins and pins Tozawa here. I'm, <sighs> I'm disappointed that nobody ever remembers that that move has a name. Something jaw, jaw don, zo, jaw right? the jaw donzo, jaw donzo, donzo. Okay, see, jaw donzo, which is a play on your donzo. It's an oh. Italian thing. Yeah. Okay. I like eat the feet better. I think it's just because I'm giving homage to Gail Kim. Uh, it's soul food to me. Rep that sexy Chucky e. T. Chucky e. T. That's right. There you. You go so to each his own. <laughs> uh, the, match itself, the match itself is okay. Uh, personally, I got I took more entertainment out of the pre match promo, and specifically that being Drew Gulak's involvement in the pre match promo. I have been saying this for weeks now that while Enzo was the much needed um, entertainment boost to sports entertainment 205 Live. Drew Gulak has been the MVP for 205 Live for like the last month for me. There is nothing that that dude can do wrong, in my opinion. I, I just love him because he's the whitest person on TV right now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Seamus, maybe. Well, physically, yes. Uh, but verbally, <laughs> no. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in terms of actual character presentation, yeah, he is rolling straight out of Greenwich. <clears throat> <laughs> so, but you're not wrong. I mean, Gulag makes Enzo tolerable. He really does. Think about think about what you just said there. Put that into perspective. Gulag makes Enzo tolerable. <laughs> See, push this oh, man. man. <laughs> we'll see how far that goes, Harry. I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't think they get that picture. 
Um, as far as the the way the match goes here, Enzo picks up the win by pinning Akira Tozawa. Tozawa's going up to the top rope, getting ready to drop the O to Dick Togo, the top rope sent on bomb. When Gulak pulls Enzo out of the way, Kalisto does a flipping dive off of the ring steps, which actually looked pretty cool. I'll give Kalisto credit. Also, I am proud that they did not stoop to the cheap heat of, Ed, of Kalisto dedicating this match to Eddie, because frankly, I would have changed the damn channel if they would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Eddie's your hero. Shut up. Uh, but anyway, sometimes so stereotypes. Kalisto does a flipping dive off the ring steps to Gulak, which takes Gulak out of the picture. However, as he's trying to get back up onto the apron, a drop toe hold by Enzo sends Tazawa into Gulak or into uh, Kalisto's knee. Kalisto falls from the apron. Enzo hits Jadunzo, and there's your three count. Um, that does not change my opinion of what happens on Sunday because I think Kalisto will stand tall on 205 Live tomorrow night and then Enzo will retain the Cruiserweight title on Sunday at Survivor Series on the kickoff show because screw the Cruiserweights. Oh, yeah, but there you go. You, you hit the nail on the head. Screw the Cruiserweights. And that's what they think. Not what I think, but that's what they think. So They got two matches on the main show at TLC. But this is a dual brand pay-per-view. So, yeah, <laughs> back to the pre-show for you guys. Exactly. Somebody yeah, that's just a, such a shame. Somebody point the way to the kitty table for them. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish you were wrong on that. But you're not. Uh let's talk about something else that I'm really kind of uh interested in seeing what you think about. We had Finn Balor uh and Samoa Joe get a team up here. Uh which is hey, I love that, that tag team if it was a you know, got to be a full time thing. Uh, they tag team against the club Gallows and Anderson, and you know, they, you know, surprisingly, with the uh, dream team of Joe and Balor, uh, they didn't exactly make short run of this match, but they did pretty much control it for the most part. Big surprise there, uh, but you know, Balor and you know gets the pinfall against Anderson uh, with the coup de grace. This. What did you think about this match? This match annoyed me for a multitude of reasons. Um, okay, I'm in the minority in that I really enjoy Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I've been a fan of their work in the WWE. Uh, that being said, with Gallows and Anderson nowhere to be seen, persona non grata for Survivor Series, Joe and Balor should have trucked them tonight. And then the bigger complaint that I had about the match itself was the two commercial breaks, way to kill any flow that that match may have tried to develop. Seems to be a normal staple. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize they, they love. I didn't. I didn't realize this until Tony said it tonight. There was not a single match tonight that did not have a commercial break. I, I didn't realize that either. Every single match had at least one commercial break, and three different matches had two. Oh, Why? Uh, and, and that's not. And that's not counting the 11 billion recap packages we saw, too. Which, you know, the only argument I'll put towards that, it's a go-home show. they they got to re-show everything. But, I oh. mean, I agree. I kind of hate them, too. Okay, but I don't need to see what happened five minutes ago. I was watching. Thanks. I know. I know. I hate it, too. But that's what that's Raw. I mean, uh, how many times can you watch the opening segment on Monday Night Raw? They usually show it. 
two to three times before you're like, okay, you know good God, it, it was just 45 minutes ago. Yeah, you know what it is? It's the fact that they're stalling for time because they have that extra hour and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wish they would give it to someone who needs it, like, uh, you know, the probably the, the six guys in the back who never get to be on TV, you know? Kurt uh, Hawkins would murder somebody for that for that little bit of screen time. I mean, he'd lose the match, but he'd still kill somebody to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong on that. I, I think a lot of those guys that don't get a chance to be around or be on TV would, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I'm right there with you, Harry. Like I said, this is a dream team. Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, really, they should have ran right through the club, but they, they didn't. And I, you know, in a way, you know, I do have a feeling uh, that you know they still don't want to destroy the club completely. But at the same point, you're not using him to make him look good anyway. So just just squash him. Just get him out of the way if you don't care about him. Any, you know, just just do it. So hey, at least we got a chance to see that fun tag team. That's all that matters. I will say, I I will say, I did like the way that the match ended, though. Balor picks up the win with the coup de gras on I believe it was Anderson. It was. And as soon as that three count holes, Joe is like deuces. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I may have just surpassed Drew Gulak as the whitest person in the wrestling business. <laughs> hey, my, a, my point, my point being though, that Joe doesn't care to stick around and share in the accolades with Balor. Joe just wants to kick people's ass. That's what he's there for. And, and I, I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm totally down. Let's just do that. How about that, Samojo? I'm, I'm, we're on the, the same page. <laughs> so, uh, let's find out if you're totally down with this person. Let's, let's talk about Alexa Bliss, and she is interviewed, and they are talking to her about what's going to be taking place here, coming up on SmackDown Live, which Harry will be talking fully about this match when it comes to Charlotte and Natalia for the women's tag title over on Attack. Uh, women's title my, my god my head's going crazy the women's smackdown world title and uh Break. tell you the current holder yeah, yeah i'm breaking news destroyed. women's tag titles returning to smackdown yeah you heard it here jump first guys <laughs> jumping bomb angels considered to be number one contenders <laughs> see sometimes i go loopy too <laughs> oh jesus okay so anyway that their question Alexa about this match on SmackDown that we're going to have. Uh, see, I don't cover SmackDown to show you. Uh, but, you know, Alexa basically says she doesn't care who she's going to face. It could be Natalia. It could be Charlotte. She doesn't care. She is still the number one. And, uh, you know, she's still... <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so well, there you go. I mean, she may even show up live, she said here, Harry. So you may be talking a little bit more about Alexa tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry, I popped myself with the jumping Bob Angel reference. I know. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover from that. Um, as far as this segment goes, uh, I actually do think she will show up, and I do think her opponent's going to change as well because I feel like the WWE sees more money in an Alexa Charlotte match than they would in an Alexa Natalia match, and I can't say that I blame them there. As much as I may personally love Natalia, I mean, what's not to like other than a a very weird obsession with multiple cats, neither here nor there. Um, 
I think they feel like the money woman on their roster right now is the second generation diva in Charlotte Flair. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the equivalent to the Jason Jordan thing to an extent because I mean, I if that does go that way, in which I, I, I really full heartedly think you're right on this, that Charlotte will be the holder of the title, and that'll put her in play against Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series. I think you know to myself i mean sure natalia against alexa bliss is okay but no one really cares i think they'd rather see this big matchup between these two young ladies and you know i think it just means more so i'm okay with it and i want to see it take place uh and and how it all shakes out i'm really kind of curious how they're going to do it because really charlotte has not been on the forefront of anything as of late so we hopefully we'll get a rejuvenation of charlotte not only that you know Kind of get some of those fans who may have been tuning in to kind of see what's going on with Charlotte because of that 30-30 with her dad, Ric Flair. Maybe this would be a good moment, too. Yeah, I was just about to say, too, they're probably going to take this opportunity to capitalize on the publicity that said 30 for 30 managed to pull for them here as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned that I'm filling in for Paul tonight. I want to thank Paul for filling in for Liz last week and actually tolerating my postponing our reviews of SmackDown and 205 Live last week so I could watch the Ric Flair 30 for 30 Live. Oh, well, there you go. Paul's a great guy, stand-up guy. So he is. We appreciate him for sure. I'm uh, I'm, I'm more of a sit I'm more of a sit-down guy personally. <laughs> no. A sit-in guy, right? You know, you're sitting in for Paul tonight, right? You, yes. You... <laughs> uh, okay. If we don't, if if we don't get a, a a sound effect cue with a rim shot for Paul or for Gary, it's a, I just called you Paul, son of a bitch. If we don't get a sound effect cue with a rim shot for Gary at some point down the road, we're seriously missing the ball, people. Yeah. There you go. Appreciate. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, at least it's a rim shot. We we'll, won't we'll say the other. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the last part here. Uh, and this is a pretty big deal, I guess, because there's two big guys in the ring. Uh, let's talk about Braun Strowman. Can and we Kane and mm-hmm. can we wait for that? Because there's something else that we didn't discuss yet. Okay. Let's go ahead. Tell me what you want to discuss. We what did I miss dis- here? We didn't discuss the six-man tag match between The Shield and Miz and Cesaro and Sheamus as oh, well as Miz TV. Okay, let's let's do that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, it's right here in my notes, and I just decided to skip over it. I guess I was excited about talking to Alexa Bliss. Uh, let's talk about Well, that. frankly, I can't blame you for that, yeah. Alexa. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this big match uh, that did take place because eh, there, people, trust me, there were – people that wanted to see that but miss tv does come before that right and the miz has his normal miss tv thing and he congrats the bar sheamus and cesaro on their big win last monday and cesaro and sheamus kind of brag a little, little bit they say the shield wasn't ready for them and they were ready so they came and took advantage and got the victory uh and you know you also have the bar basically saying that the Usos are going to be in trouble because they're going to come and they're going to, you know, basically have a jailbreak. Uh, so they do that. And Miz also, you know, kind of gets some stuff into here. So I, I think, you know, overall kind of a normal Miz TV and these, these guys, I mean, pretty much set us up right for what's going to be taking place over there on Survivor Series. I mean, is it just me or does it feel like they're ribbing Cesaro by having him constantly have to talk with the mouthpiece? 
Oh, I think it's a Vince thing all the way. I think he's laughing every time. I mean, the only thing I'm waiting for is Cesaro to go full-on Daffy Duck one of these days and go, suffering, suck a taff. <laughs> yeah, but the last time they did it, it didn't go over very well. Well, that's because it was Roman, and Roman can't get away with that. Cesaro has the credibility to do so. Not to, not to mention he has the lifts to pull it off as well. I haven't heard a lisp this bad in the WWE since Jack Swagger was still employed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Man, that guy. All right. That, that was probably mean. I apologize. <laughs> I don't. Jack Swagger. Ugh. The dude's trying MMA now. Different story for a different time. Oh, Hopefully he shows up. <laughs> Hopefully he shows up more motivated to his MMA fights than he did to his indie bookings. Anyway... Yeah, uh, so, you know, Miss TV was fine, uh, but we do have a match coming up in this show, and it is between the bar, Miz, and the Shield. And this was a pretty decent back and forth. I mean, uh, these guys battled it out and had a pretty decent time of it, but this was all about the Shield, right? You know, you have them chasing the Miz off. You, you have them multiple times taking the bar down here and there, and, you know, they had their comebacks, but really... It was all about the shield, and the shield get to do their shtick, and you know, get that major uh, power bomb done at the end here, and uh, Miz gets to take the fall. All right. Um, first of all, before I talk about the match, I have been corrected by our executive producer, Sylvester the Cat. Is he of suffering succotash? Not Daffy Duck. My mistake. Oh, Anywho, yes, yes. Yeah, can't can't screw up my Looney Tunes here. Our our producer has a has a four year old and is frankly going to correct me at every opportunity he gets to do so on cartoons. <laughs> Anywho, we move on. Um, as far as the match goes, you know why Miz ate the fall in this match? Because well, he could he afford. Because he could afford to. Because Miz can come back out next Monday on Raw, throw up his hand, and say, "When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut," and the crowd's going to hate him just as much as they did before he ate the pinfall. Miz has that kind of Miz has that kind of infallible heat right now that crowds are going to hate him regardless of how many times he loses. Is it a shame that the Intercontinental Champion is constantly eating pinfalls? Yes. Yes, it is. The Intercontinental Championship is supposed to be something special, similar to the United States Championship over on SmackDown. But Miz is the kind of champion that just based on the sheer strength of his character and, frankly, the sheer body of work that he has put in over the last calendar year and a half since the brand extension started again, that Miz can afford to take pinfalls like this and not lose anything from them. Yeah, I mean, you're right, and I didn't really didn't put that in perspective, but that's exactly the point here, and I think that, you know, Miz is the kind of guy, he can overcome so much because he could talk his way out of anything, <laughs> you know, no matter how many matches he loses, he's he's a very unlike a guy like Bray Wyatt, because he could lose as many matches as Bray Wyatt and still look strong, because what he can do is, well, it wasn't fair, I'm this guy, trust me, I'm the A-lister, blah, 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 just go on and on, and you kind of, at the end of the conversation, kind of feel like this guy's worth something, even if he's not. So, I, I'm right there with you, Harry. Uh, I think the same thing, and I'm, you know, really curious to see, you know, how he's going to fare, how, and how they're going to treat him in Survivor Series with Baron Corbin, but I think, you know, uh, he's mm-hmm. he, he's putting Corbin over because Corbin can't afford that loss. 
Oh, but it can't be clean. It can't be clean. No, it 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 has it has to be something along the lines of like Miz goes for the skull crushing finale. Corbin rolls him up and hooks the tights. Yeah, it, it's got to be something like that because there's no way I see it going clean. If, if it is, if, I will riot. If Corbin, if Corbin puts Miz down clean after smack talking his pregnant wife, there's something seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. Nah, because then. Much the same way as I talked about with Jason Jordan earlier, you've just made Miz look like a gigantic bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm a big Miz fan. Uh, I don't. I just don't like that idea of Corbin winning. But you're right. I mean, it looks like that could be the case here coming up on sure. Sunday. So. Sean's daughter is six. I've been corrected again. Yeah, I, I knew she was older. But uh, I, I wasn't going to get too far. Yep, it, she is. My daughter's okay. four. You're going to confuse my daughter's four. His is six. It's okay. When Sean when Sean watches Raw, he can do these reviews. <laughs> Come on. Let's <laughs> sling uh, so, so let's talk about the Shield. The Shield are going to be facing off against New Day, which uh, this is another match that I am really looking forward to. This is one yeah, of the it's- marquee matches to me. Yeah, it's weird how with the announcement and the changing of three matches, the addition of Triple H and Cena to the 5-on-5 elimination tag match, for better or worse, is going to put a lot more interest in that match. The addition of The Shield versus The New Day and the turning of Brock versus Jinder to Brock versus AJ, how Survivor Series has kind of gone from an, eh, I, I mean, I guess I'll watch to a, holy sh- what the hell is going to happen here? Yeah, they really stacked this card. They really, really have. I mean, I'll be honest with you. A majority of this card, I want to see. I want to see what happens. I'm really curious. And that's a good thing. And I think there's a lot of other people in that same, you know, thought process. So it's going to be a big match. You know, with these two guys, these two tag teams just really going at it because they're equally as popular, I would say. Yeah, can I throw something into perspective for you? We know the WWE loves their six-man tag matches. I mean, there's going to be a nine-man tag match on TakeOver War Games the night before at uh, NXT TakeOver. That being said, though, this is the most excited I've been about a six-man tag in the WWE probably since Shield versus Wyatt family in February 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean... I think, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that the other match was a War Games match, I, I think I'd be in the same way. But I'm, I'm such a WCW mark. I am so happy about War Games that I, I, this is going to be great. I can't wait till this one, but I'm, I'm still more excited about War Games. So, Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to tell you, we're out of time. We'll see you next week on Nitro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Sorry. yeah I, I haven't told you my love for Tony Schiavone, have I? I love talking. Uh, so. Well, you know, I kind of listen to his podcast and the other one affiliated with it. I've been known to make a reference to it here and there. Mm, I get you. <laughs> oh boy! So, but yes, I mean, this is going to be a big deal. Can't wait till these, you know, two uh, major quick, quick tag question. teams of WWE. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you. Go ahead. In my opinion, and you can agree or disagree. I wanted to know if you agree or disagree here. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest match to predict all weekend because you could just as easily make a case for both teams winning as well as both teams losing. 
I I, uh, I am wholeheartedly, I think, agree with you. I really haven't sat down and really thought about it, but I think you're onto something here. And the one thing that I'll say is, is they've really tried their best to make the fans kind of look at New Day in a heelish mode because, you know, they were the guys that led, you know, the SmackDown crew in the invasion and they caused the Shield to lose their tag titles. They're the bad guys here, right? We're supposed to root against the the, uh, New Day. But yet we love them so much. I mean, they're one of the fan favorites and you just can't help but enjoy those guys. So I think you're right here. It's very hard to predict. I mean, I'll probably go at this thing six or seven times before I make a final choice, you know, this next Thursday. But you're right. It's it's a really tough matchup to choose. In addition, you could also see more predictions from the W2M crew by checking out the Wrestling to the Max Survivor Series written preview available on W2Mnet.com this weekend. There you go. Another great plug. Chill. Yeah. (laughs) Cheap pop. Oh, boy. So, okay. So, uh, you know, there's one last thing we do have to talk about. I think that was the... uh, Okay. So, Braun Strowman. Kane. Okay. So, Braun Strowman earlier in the night, you know, Kurt Angle's putting matches out there. It's going to schedule something else with Braun Strowman, but he is determined he's getting Kane, and he gets Kane. I want Kane. Uh, with his new terrible music. and uh, Oh, I hate the new music, Harry. I can't stand. I, I, I miss Slow they Chemical. They changed. I know it's not much, but they still changed Kane's music. Yeah. I, I miss Slow Chemical. I know. We'll never get back some of those great things. Uh, but, yes, this match never starts. Uh, they actually never ring the bell for it, Harry. Uh, these two guys just decide to start fighting it out and duking it out, and it goes outside of the ring. They get back in the ring. Just a lot of big man moves here. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it is a uh, a situation where, <laughs> let's just say, this isn't the ring falling down, but the uh, ring caves in because we have Braun Strowman doing his power slam Right through the middle of the ring. And boy, that's the way it ends. That's exactly, they just end it right there. The referee looking good. Uh, yeah, that's how I felt. That's how I, exactly. Uh, you want to know my problem with this is? Mm-hmm. It is a cool idea in theory. Except for two major plot points here. Are you ready for them? I will give them in order of I feel importance. Do it. The first major plot point here is that Kane has nothing scheduled for Survivor Series. Braun Strowman is in a five-on-five Raw versus SmackDown men's tag team Survivor Series elimination match where he is one of arguably, in my opinion, the ten biggest names in the company that are that you've smashed into one match here. There is zero reason that he needed to be in this match with Kane tonight when you could have just as easily have done this entire shtick next Monday night and used it to build towards either the Royal Rumble or towards a big Raw or maybe even, I don't know, let's say Last Man Standing at the anniversary show that you keep constantly smashing us over the head with. Instead, you choose to make Strowman look like he's being taken down just as much as Kane is by having that power slam through the ring to be the ending spot for the show. There was no reason to do it tonight, in my opinion. Strowman should have been made to look dominant against somebody else and save the Kane stuff for after Survivor Series when you can get back to telling that story on a more consistent basis. My 
second gripe is not as big as the booking. It has everything to do with the presentation. Is it just me, or did they pick the absolute worst possible camera angle for that power slam through the ring? No, you're not wrong on that. That did not look all that impressive. They, You could clear as day see the cutting in the board as they went through the ring. And now I know, okay, we're smart fans. We're going to notice this kind of stuff. Uh, I guarantee you there are a ton of casual fans that are going to notice something like that too and be like, oh, I saw how they did that. It disengages you from the product. Like when Taker put Big, when Big Show put Taker through the ring with a choke slam. You couldn't see that camera angle. You got the in-ring angle of both of them going through the ring. That that stuff looked super cool. This right here was made to look like a desperate attempt at shock value. Yeah, very desperate. I agree. It looked like paper mache. (laughs) It just did not. (laughs) That or foam. Foam, yeah, either. Uh, I think work. It, it it made the ring look like it was not real. It really did, and it wasn't real. It just did not work, you know. Because when, well, go ahead. You were just saying it made it look not real. Yeah, when people say, "Oh, that's fake," this is the kind of stuff they point to. Yeah, and I, I don't blame them. I don't at all because let's think of the science behind this. If a ring can hold multiple men in it at the same time then why does it not shake when two big guys hit it and they go through it? Would the ring shake? No, it doesn't shake at all. They just go to the mat. What what, what happened? They just had a whole night full of guys running around in that thing. It, you're right. It just It's too fake. Just way, way too fake. So I hate the word fake in regards to professional wrestling. Absolutely despise it. But, yeah, that looked fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you, you can't choreograph that. (laughs) And apparently you can't teach creative that either. No, you can't. Oh, but I mean, uh, you know, I I think you were onto something, Harry. Really? This did not have to be here tonight. They didn't have to have this match. Hold on. I got one better for you. You ready? Yeah. Bada boom. Dumbest finish in the room. How you doing? Indeed. So there you go. Well, you know, we may not be thrilled about the finish of this show, uh, but we are done with this review. And uh, we are here ready to give you guys a rating on it. So, Harry, what number are you slapping on this thing? The same number I gave when I did the show with Tony. I put it at a five. You know, uh, it, was, mm-hmm. it, it, was, uh, it was perfectly average. Which, unfortunately, for the go-home show to what is supposed to be the fourth biggest pay-per-view of the year, is not acceptable to me. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I was going to say, you, you know that, you know, we gave, I think, uh, you know, summer, not summer, uh, the Impact show, uh, the big Bound for Glory at three. And I thought that was being pretty harsh. And I think uh, five is not harsh here. Um, but a lot of people would say that. A lot of people would say, well, look, you got a lot of things that were built up here. You got a lot of situations where you get a great tag team, you know, like Samoa Joe and Finn Balor 
and you get a match between Braun Strowman and Kane, and you get you know the Shield versus you know Miz and Debar, you know all these big matches. But really, I don't think that they can save everything. So I don't think your number is bad. I really don't. I was going to give it a five and a half, and I think the half is because at least they were progressing some things, and Stephanie didn't exactly kill me tonight. Um, but yeah, the I just issue. Hated the finish. Yeah, the issue the issue as a fan is that you don't come out of this show more excited for Survivor Series than you did going in. It's cool that Triple H is added to the Survivor Series 10-man tag match. It's freaking fantastic that the Shield versus New Day is official now because that match is going to kick seven different kinds of ass on Sunday. But for everything that they did to help build up your interest here, you had the running storyline of Jason, Jason Jordan sniveling biatch. And then you have the way the main event left a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you had some positives. Don't get, you know, th- those two things that you just mentioned were cringeworthy, really cringeworthy. But I just don't know. There was so ex- much excitement, even with Bailey being that, you know, person we were kind of wondering if she was going to get a chance to be a part of the women's Survivor Series team. That didn't really blow you away. It just didn't do anything for you. I think Oscar, you know, kicking Dana Brooke in the face did more for you. And there were a lot of those moments tonight where they're like, oh, it's okay, but it didn't blow me away. And that's the problem with this show. A go-home show that really honestly felt like a go-home show, like they were just kind of putting things there just to make you think that, you know, it was a good show, even though it wasn't exactly the best show. As as a rule of thumb, we've used this before on the reaction. I'll bring it over here. Instead of going home, they were going through the motions. Yep. Uh, you, you say it right, correct, right there. So, uh, But, yeah, that is our show for tonight, everyone. We appreciate you for joining us. I definitely thank you, Harry, for joining me tonight and, and helping me along here. It's, it's really uh, cool of you to do that, man. Take your money night. I knew, this is the double shot for Harry. Harry did the uh, Raw reaction, which I'll let you plug in a minute here. Uh, so he is doing Raw twice in a row, pretty much. He did it five, five minutes after he did his other show. He was on with us. So thank you, Harry, for filling in for Paul. And hopefully Paul does feel better. And uh, make sure you go check out W2Mnet.com because that's the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more people. And go hit that subscribe button at Wrestling to the Max or the W2M Network. Choose one, and trust me, you will be thrilled because once you hit that subscribe button, you're going to get lots of great shows. Uh, you're going to get SmackDown Live tomorrow with Harry and Liz, along with 205 Live, getting you ready for Survivor Series. You'll also get the NXT review for that big War Games show that we'll be talking about this weekend as well. So you don't want to miss any of the action. Go hit those subscribe buttons. Rate and review as well. Don't forget to do that. And, of course, make sure you go give some love over to FormulaMania.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Both are great supporters. We appreciate all they do for us. And, Harry, I'm going to give you a chance to plug away on whatever you want to plug, sir. All right, real quick here. Uh, in addition to getting the SmackDown and 205 Live reviews when you subscribe to the WTOM Network, you also get my football show that I do here on the WTOM Network with Stephen Ur III and Brandon Bisco being. We call it the kickoff. Sean and Eric have their show here, Football to the Max, on the WTOM Network, and that's more of your traditional preview and analysis of every game and everything as you, they tell you about what happened the prior week and what to expect for the week to come. The kickoff is more of a debate show where we take things for more of a part in the interruption, 
pardon the interruption style perspective. We debate all of the major news stories here. I know the big news story for me coming out of this week is Marquise Goodwin. If you haven't heard the story that I'm referring to, we'll talk about it in great detail on So That Happened this Wednesday night here on The Kickoff. In addition, myself and Patrick Ketza bring you Wrestling Unwrapped every Sunday night. This past Sunday, Patrick had Shimmer, so I had special guest co-host Jared Hawkins, and we did No Way Out 2004 for episode 51. This Sunday, we do not have an episode of Wrestling Unwrapped. Instead, we have an episode of WU Reacts for the 2017 edition of the Survivor Series. So you can find that on W2Mnet.com as well and by subscribing to the W2M Network on your various podcast listening devices. Also, as Gary said, and I appreciate the plug here, you can listen to myself and... 411 Mania's Tony Acero on the Raw Reaction every Monday night on Yes Wrestling Radio, available over at blogtalkradio.com backslash Yes Wrestling Radio. Um, before you wrap things up here, just one more time, and this one's more for me, and I'm sure you'll agree to this one here, Gary. Eva la rasa! I love it. Can't say anything much better than that, so for myself and for Mr. Harry Broadhurst, we will bid you adieu later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.